This is actually a Deftones podcast. That's what we're do- that's what we do here. Every intro is just going to be a different Deftones song every time. Good morning, afternoon, evening. Welcome to the Royal Deluxe Podcast, a daily podcast about the Kansas City Royals, hosted by some guy on the internet with a microphone. That's me. I'm Lux. At least that's what I tell people. So here's your post-game recap for April 21st, 2022. The Kansas City Royals were defeated by the Minnesota Twins by a score of 0-1. to The Royals fall to a 5-6 and record on the season, while the Twins improve to 5-8. and The winning pitcher is Joe Ryan, who now has a 2-1 record and a 1.69 ERA so far. Holds credited to Joan Duran, his second, Joe Smith, his second, and Emilio Pagan, or Pagan, I'm sorry for not pronouncing that name correctly, recorded his first save of the season. The losing pitcher is Zach Greinke, who now has a 0-1 and record and a 2.25 ERA on the season. So this is generally where we talk about what happened in the game. So let's do that. Okay, now that we've got the game recap out of the way, I'd like to talk about some interesting things that have been happening with the Royals, with the Major League roster yesterday, because I feel like after 10 games, we've finally gotten some kind of payoff. I feel like after talking about this for days on end, this podcast has had some sort of cathartic payoff, because finally we got answers to a couple of things that I've been wondering about this whole time, basically. The first one is, what is going on with Kyle Isbell? Why are we not seeing Kyle Isbell play for the Royals whatsoever? And so, we finally got an answer. He's been optioned to AAA. Yesterday, the Royals announced that they have optioned Kyle Isbell to Omaha AAA, and in replace, in place of him, they are going to call up Ronald Bolaños, the right-handed pitcher that we got from the, uh, I know who it is, I forgot his name, Trevor Rosenthal trade, uh, in 2020 to San Diego. He's also, uh, that's also where we got Edward Olivares, so we've now got the, uh, the full Trevor Rosenthal trade here. I think we actually got a third player for that. I think it was just like some random prospect, some like lottery ticket or something. But uh, yeah, so Kyle Isbell is now in AAA. And this, it's, you know, okay, there's a, there, there's a positive to it that I appreciate. I don't, it's not necessarily the move that I would make personally, but I, I at least love that we finally got an answer that we've gotten some kind of acknowledgement of this because Kyle Isbell not playing whatsoever is frankly appalling I I just don't understand look and look I've been saying this uh, several times if you don't think that he's a long-term piece this organization doesn't think he's a long-term piece that's fine I'm not here to argue about the long-term potential 
of Kyle Isbell. I just don't understand why he's not getting any playing time whatsoever. Okay, because we already have guys on this team that I think the organization has made it clear that they're not long-term guys. Ryan O'Hearn is still on this roster, and I'm actually not as mad about Ryan O'Hearn still being around as I thought I would be, because the fact that they're basically not playing him at all, I think just goes to show that he's here for the sake of being here so that we don't have to have Nick Prado strike out a ton of times. It's it's pretty clear that this, like if this is not his last year, then that's going to be like, all right, how? Which, I mean, I said that last year as well, but I mean, eh. Yeah, I don't know. But it doesn't look like they they think that Ryan O'Hearn is going to be the, the uh, solution to anything. He's just kind of here to fill a roster spot, basically. And Edward Olivares is kind of in the same boat. Um, I think Ollie is a lot better than Ryan O'Hearn, but the fact that they've, you know, constantly moved him up and down the AAA level last year, I think goes to show that, yeah, this organization doesn't really see much in Edward Olivares. All right, so they're there for the sake of being there. But Kyle Isbell just collecting dust on the bench for two years, or not two years, two weeks, sorry. That just makes no sense. All right, you've got to at least try with him. And so far, we haven't even tried. And finally, it seems like they've acknowledged it. They're like, all right, yeah, this is not how we should be doing this. So he's going to go to AAA so he can play baseball, basically, so that he can do something. Now, I said it's not the move I would make personally because I don't think that optioning him to AAA was needed to give him playing time. This or does it? What I don't understand is that Mike Matheny is playing the same nine guys every single day, as if there's no other choice. That every single day we have to have Salvi, Santana, Nikki, Mondi, Wit, and Wit, Benny Tendi, and Mat, and Hunter Dozier. Those are the nine guys that we've been seeing every single day. Occasionally, Cam Gallagher comes in. All right, because you need you need to have you know Salvi take a break from catching every now and then. So 10 guys, I guess. But that's not how it needs to be. You you can afford to give Michael A. Taylor a day off every now and then. In fact, he should be getting a day off every now and then because he's not a good enough of a hitter to be playing every single day. I don't understand why they're trying to do that. doesn't make a lot of sense to me. You can DH Mondesi. Like, for the last two years, this organization has been so, like, super, or even longer than that, for like three years or so, this organization this organization has been so super scared of Modesty getting hurt, you know, benching him, like, every third day, even when he's playing well, and now they're just like, yeah, let's, let's just have him shortstop every day, so no big deal. I understand that they did something with him in the offseason to, you know, make him not get injured so much, and, you know, he, the fact that he's been playing super well for 10, now 11 games, and... <laughs> You know, has nothing's happened to him. You know, great. Looks like it's been a success so far. But still, why not? Just DH him every now and then. It's okay. You can have Nicky Lopez at short. And then that moves with Merrifield to second base. You can open up an outfield spot on this roster so easily. And they're not doing that. They're just they're they're just saying no, it has to be these nine guys. Everyone in their proper pay, in their proper place. Every single day. I don't get it. It seems so easy to put Kyle Isbell somewhere, but they're not doing it. So, I don't know. Maybe someone's being stubborn. Maybe Matheny is just like, look, this this ha- it has to be these nine guys. 
this has to be the lineup every day. This is the only way to do it. You know, uh, we'll just have to, I don't know, wait for someone to get injured maybe for something to change. I don't know. But at least Kyle Isbell is now playing somewhere. He's getting time. He's getting outfield reps somewhere uh, within the Royals organization. So it's not a terrible move. I personally would have done this for Brady Singer because I think Brady Singer has a, a, a maybe a more negotiable short chance or a more negotiable reason for not playing so much because he's in the bullpen now. And I think it's fine that he's in the bullpen because he's, you know, we're trying to fix his stuff basically. All right. But the thing is, he's not throwing at all. Brady Singer has not come out of the pen since last Sunday. It's been almost two weeks since he has pitched. And it was a blowout game. It was a terrible game. That seems to be the thing that they're doing with Brady Singer. They're waiting for a super low leverage situation to use Brady Singer because they seem to know that bringing him in for any amount of time is just really risky because he doesn't have his best stuff. And so, you know, he's probably going to give up runs. So you can't just bring him out in a close game. But then you've got a roster that is only allowing close games because we are not scoring. We're not scoring at all. So even a two to nothing game in our favor, you know, we, we cannot afford to put, to bring out a crappy pitcher who's just going to, you know, put the game at risk. He, he, so if we're not going to have any low leverage situations, then we don't need Brady Singer on this team right now. You should just send him to AAA where he can actually get the reps that he needs to fix his stuff, hopefully. To develop his stuff, rather. I think there's a better argument for Brady Singer going to AAA than there is for Kyle Isbell. I just don't particularly understand this decision, but at least they're doing something. At least there's some kind of answer for what's going on with Kyle Isbell. There's some kind of acknowledgement that they're, you know, messing up Kyle Isbell a little bit. So, at least, you know, this is something. I'll take it. Um, and now we've got Ronald Bolaños coming up from AAA, who, like I said, is a right-handed pitcher that we got from the uh, Trevor Rosenthal trade back in 2020. And this is um interesting because the Royals definitely do not need a pitcher right now. Like in terms of just how many pitchers we have or need in this, on this roster, we don't need another one. We already have arms for days. We already have so many arms that we don't even really know what to do with them. Like I said, Brady Singer has not pitched in two weeks. Um, Joel Pyamp has barely pitched at all. Today, in, in yesterday's game, we saw Taylor Clark and Gabe Spire, who I feel like haven't pitched in like a week or so. And they're not even bad. They're actually solid and like, and they were solid today or yesterday rather. So <laughs> we have arms for days. We don't need more, but I think that this is, I, I don't think that we have Ronald Bolaños here to add another bullpen arm. I think that he's here to be in the rotation. I think that Bolaños is going to take Carlos Hernandez's spot 
in the rotation. Because I, I haven't, I'm not super aware of what's going on, but people have been saying he's looking real good in Omaha. He's already thrown three starts over there. All right, 3.38 ERA after 13.1 innings. Um, 9.5 strikeouts through nine as opposed to 1.4 walks through nine. So he's, he is throwing pretty decently, it looks like. I haven't actually like seen him throw, but his numbers look solid. And so I think that he's here to be a starter. And they're going to do something else with Carlos Hernandez. Because we've, we've had two starts with Hernandez so far, and they've not been good. They have been really, really dicey. I was saying last time, Carlos cannot pitch like this every single time. That's not at all going to work. You know, if it wasn't, if he didn't pitch in Kauffman Stadium last time, it would have been a way worse start than the line actually shows. So it does look like there's some acknowledgement with that as well. I think Bolaños is here to kind of take his spot. So we're going to have. Him in the rotation, which means that he would be essentially our number four. So I guess we'll see him <sighs> today would be number two, three, maybe Sunday. Seems a little early, but they could they could just skip. A, they could just mess with that a little bit. Maybe Daniel Lynch will pitch on uh, Sunday instead. And then because then we have an off day on Monday. I don't know when the last time this dude pitched was, but it's fine. Uh, that's just my that's just my theory that I'm positing. Um, I think Bolaños will be a starter instead of a reliever right now. And then they're going to have uh, Carlos move to the bullpen to, you know, work on his stuff. But hopefully they'll actually use him a little bit as opposed to Brady Singer, who's just kind of here right now. So, yeah, that's uh, about it for the roster update. Aside from that, we need to talk about this new lineup because we got a new lineup, a brand new overhauled lineup it finally happened after 10 games the lineup has changed and it's more than just moving nicky lopez up they really did it they did what people have been screaming at them to do for days nicky lopez is our leadoff hitter right now whit merrifield is hitting second and Bobby Witt Jr. moved down to seventh, which I still kind of don't really agree with. I feel like you should put him in the middle at number five or maybe number six if you want to buy into Hunter Dozier hitting well and have him hit a little higher. Just because I feel like you should still put him in a spot where he can get a few more at bats than the bottom three, but it is what it is. At least he's still in the lineup, and at least he's you know doing go, he's somewhere. And today, or rather yesterday, Bobby actually had a decent game. He drew a walk and he got a double. He got a wonderful, a beautiful double through the gap. It was awesome, fantastic. This was like the best. This was like the best game that Bobby's had in a minute, really. So yeah, he was also basically the only guy who got a hit because uh, I, I just kind of like glossed over this whole game. Yeah, because nothing happened this game. Uh, we got three hits total, uh, uh and two walks, and uh, we didn't score anything. So yeah, not even going to talk about the uh, the failed 
send home on the sacrifice fly, the failed sacrifice fly, whatever. Not even going to talk about the failed bunt, whatever. Doesn't matter. No one cares. And then aside from that, it was just the, the usual stuff. You know, we turned like 30 double plays today. So great. The one run that was scored by the Twins was a sacrifice fly. That was actually successful for them. Whatever. It was like the most boring game ever. That's fine. I I, I don't mind. It's fine. I, I'm not upset or anything. It was just like whatever. Um, But this lineup, you know, these are just things that needed to happen. All right. I, I said that I won't die on the hill of moving Merrifield off the leadoff spot. However, you know what? I respect it. I respect it. This is what Mike Matheny would do in 2020 a lot. He would change the lineup a lot and he wouldn't play favorites. This was like something that he was super heavily criticized for when he was in St. Louis, that he was always playing favorites, that he was giving veteran preference um, and things like that and just making all these these silly decisions, right? But then in 2020, he really was open to anything, really. He would bring out a different lineup practically every day, which isn't necessarily a good thing. But, you know, 2020 was, you know, a year where we were still kind of in flux. We were still trying out lots of different things, and we weren't entirely sure who was you know, great, who wasn't? It's like we had, you know, like the only reliable hitter we had was Whit Merrifield at that point, you know, because it's like we're still using Solaire and Dozier who had one good season. Who knows if they're going to repeat that? Salvi was like kind of injured, so who knows how how often he's going to be around? You know, Mondesi was like great in 2019, but in 2020, no. So yeah, th- there wasn't really any reliable option. Nicky Lopez wasn't good at that point yet. So, so you know, he he tried lots of different things like almost every day and i really like that and i wish that mike Matheny would come back i understand that as time has gone on you know players have kind of settled into their roles more or less that you don't have to be screwing with everything every day i understand that my gripe is that after a week or maybe two weeks of the season this lineup isn't scoring, so you should probably try something new with it. All right. And so I like that he moved Whit Merrifield off the leadoff spot to be like, hey, you know, Whit Merrifield, you've been our leadoff guy for literally three years at this point. Literally three years. I think that someone said that 2021 Whit Merrifield was like, one of just a few times in major league history where a player has not only played every game but batted lead off in every game of a season all 162 games that is that's kind of crazy and you know that's fine because Whit Merrifield can be really great at lead off but right now leading off with Whit Merrifield is not working so I like that Matheny's like, hey, you're not hitting as well as the leadoff guy should. So we're going to hit the guy. We're going to get the guy who is hitting off as well as a leadoff hitter should as a leadoff hitter. 
We're going to we're kicking you out. You know, I like that. I respect that. And I'm sure Wit respects that as well. He's Wit's Wit's got a good head on his shoulders. He's got a good work ethic. He's always done whatever the Royals have asked him to do: move positions, bat wherever, start every day, whatever. So I'm sure he's fine with it, and I'm sure he understands as well. It's great. And then you've got Benintendi at third, because Benintendi currently still is our best hitter. You know, you get someone who can rip a double reliably, score those two speedsters that are in front of him. Great. I love that. And then Salvi, batting fourth, can slug a home run to get them all home. Awesome. Great. Santana at fifth. Um, well, well, great, great to see that Santana's better. Yay. I guess he's not day-to-day anymore or whatever was the issue with him. Santana's back, everybody. Wasn't it great for the two days where he wasn't here and we were actually winning games? (laughs) Wow. So glad to have you back, buddy. He didn't do anything today. Yay. He's now down to .069. Nice. He is slugging 103. How do you slug 103? Even on accident? Like, I, like I've been saying, I think it'll get better. I think everyone will get better as time goes on. This lineup will get better. We'll score a couple more runs per game. But that's this is the thing I don't understand. You know, Santana is clearly not hitting at all. And you're still hitting him at fifth? At fifth? Uh, I don't get it. I think he should hit seventh. Move Dozier up to sixth. because, Or rather, fifth. He is. He was hitting. He, Hunter Dozier is hitting sixth. Um, but he's been hitting well enough this season where he should hit fifth. I could see that. Or sixth and have Bobby Witt Jr. hit fifth. But Witt isn't hitting. Bobby Witt isn't hitting all that well right now so I understand moving him down I think he could be at 6 and I wouldn't really complain apples to oranges doesn't really matter but yeah Santana still at 5th that's something I don't understand that's something where it's like why why are you I don't get it like that's it I just don't get it <laughs> why why I mean you seem to understand you know it seems clear that everyone understands, including Mike Matheny, knows who's good and who isn't in this lineup. All right. Nicky Lopez, good. Bottom leadoff. Ben Intendi, good. Bottom third. Although he's been hitting third basically the entire season anyway. You know, they're moving Witt Jr. around. They're, move, they're even moving Monacy around a little bit. Monacy batted eighth today, and Michael A. Taylor batted ninth, which might not be a terrible decision. Um, I still don't think Michael A. Taylor should be playing every day like he is, but at least today he was one of the three guys who got a hit and one of the two guys who got a walk. Um, so, yeah, it was, just, it was just him and Bobby Wood Jr. who got a walk and a hit today. So, I guess there are two better best hitters today. I don't know. It's It's whatever. I mean, you can, like, nitpick the lineup for yourself if you want who knows how long it'll it'll last maybe they'll go with a different lineup tomorrow because you know the, the, the lineup changed and then we still didn't score it was it was whatever we went up against a good pitcher this guy joe ryan he had some really good stuff so he, he does seem to be 
the twins ace a very young emergent ace for the twins uh whatever i'm not gonna get that mad about it you know i was hoping we would get some more runs off the twins and their kind of eh pitching staff but it just turns out this lineup isn't gonna hit very well so as long as the pitching is doing its job and the defense is doing its job which they did today you know i can't complain too much just a shame that we couldn't get a single run and even you know we did squander the two opportunities that we might have had to score but yeah whatever we we basically just had nothing today so it's just i'm just kind of over it so that's about it for the twins series um we officially went 3 and 3 on this home stand but then adding the the guardians games it was also 2 and 2 so you know we went 5 and 5 overall on this long two week home stand you know it's a uh, you know it's not too bad it's not too bad. After going on a five-game losing streak, I'll take a five and six record at this point. Now the question is, how are we going to do against the Mariners? Because uh, if you think that the lineup isn't hitting well now, well, wonderful news. We are going up against a team that has very good pitching pretty much across the entire board. So, yeah, today the, the Royals are going to face the Seattle Mariners, and the Mariners are going to send out Chris Flexen. A starting pitcher who's uh, kind of bounced around, looks like a couple of different organizations. Looks like he was a he was a Mets pitcher for a while, and then he was just a free agent pickup for the Mariners in 2021. And he actually pitched a full season, pretty competently. He has a, he had a yeah he had a a full season as a starter, 31 starts, 179.2 innings, and a 3.61 ERA. So, yeah, he, uh, I don't know, the Mariners did something with this guy to make him uh, good. But how his two starts this season so far have been pretty, eh, uh, rather pretty bad. He's thrown 10.1 innings, given up six earned runs for a 5.23 ERA. So, Maybe, hopefully, we can capitalize on a, on a struggling starting pitcher. His spring training numbers weren't good either, so who knows? Maybe that one full season he had last year was like an aberration, and this guy isn't as good as people might think he is. Who knows? Or, you know, he'll go up against the Royals, who don't score runs at all, and be uh, a Cy Young winner. Yeah. Looking forward to that. All right, so I'll see you then. Um... The games might be, you know, the post games might actually be a little bit late because um I work at night. And usually it's been okay as long as the games are like 6 or 7 o'clock at night. But because we're in Seattle, they're two hours behind. So our games are actually going to start at like 8 or 9 o'clock. So, uh, yeah, I'm basically not going to be able to watch them. So I apologize if the next couple of uh post-game recaps just aren't as uh, detailed or whatever but uh yeah we'll still talk about them i'll still have some things to say and i'll see you then so that's gonna do it for today's episode thank you very much for listening to royal deluxe i would love to hear from you at royal deluxe pod on twitter or email me at royal deluxe podcast at gmail.com thank you very much for making this episode a part of your day and i hope you're having a good one i'm lux Go Royals.